if you keep on ignoring it and ignoring it, oh, you know what? It went away. It went away. And then suddenly you're in your 10 years after you're like, oh my God, this is so much. Why didn't, you know, why didn't we do it? Yeah. All right. Looks like we are live. Hello, badass athletes. We're here again for another live show. This time we're going to have our physical therapist, Janice, to talk about low back pain. And I know, I, well, I hope you're not one of them who's actually having low back pain right now, but if you are, that sucks. Cause I, I was one of you guys too. Like it could be like cycling, running, or even swimming, even swimming, or even if you're not doing anything, or even if you're just sitting down or just laying on your bed. Actually, that's how I was back then watching a Netflix. I'm like, ow, I don't know how to lay my back on this very comfortable bed. But before we go further, I want to introduce you, Janice Alcantara, physical therapist. She is actually specializing in orthopedic manual therapy. And guess what? What I love about Janice, because she is one of the big game changers. When I did my second world record last year, when I finished 23 full Ironman distance in 34 days. And so that's a total of 55 mile swim, 2,500 mile bike and 600 mile run in 34 days. So before anything else, I want to introduce physical therapy, Janice Alcantara. Thank you so much for taking an off from your work and family and a lot of other co-curricular activities that you're doing. Thank you so much for having and being here on this live call because we are so excited to talk about low back pain because a lot of athletes are actually looking for help. How are you doing today, Janice? Good, and thank you for having me. I'm very honored. And of course, I was very honored to help you as well with that record. I, up to now, I still can't fathom how you did it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> because me too. that is pure willpower, I think. But of course, um, yes, very honored to have you and answer everyone's questions about low back pain, which I think I'm sure all of us has gone through an episode of one or two, including me. So uh, here to answer everyone's questions and, you know, how physical therapy can help you. That's very nice of you, uh, uh, Janice. Well, let's welcome also Carolina, Andrea, Chris. So if you're watching this one live, hashtag live. If you're watching this replay, hashtag replay. Um, so low back pain, it sounds so simple, but then when it's painful, it's just some of my athletes couldn't even actually do walk or do regular activities. So tell, tell us, Janice, uh, what could be the trigger or cause of low back pain? Okay, so in the physical therapies, uh, or uh, in our field, what you wanna distinguish is the first thing we do when you come in for low back pain, when we get our felt, I have low back pain, is you wanna make sure, is you wanna identify, is your back pain really truly mechanical? Mechanical means means it's, it's coming from something musculoskeletal or it's a movement issue, it's a biomechanical issue, or is your low back pain coming from something that's more visceral, something that's more serious, which is mm. beyond a realm already. So that's the first thing you got to remember. Um, we physical therapists are trained for is that we can screen a patient whether 
your back pain is truly something that's triggered by your physical activity? Are you really, is this something that we can treat? And that's the first thing we just got to determine. Not all back pain are the same. So, you know, low back pain is just something that's a very general term, but there are so many different kinds of low back pain. When I'm saying mechanical low back pain, that means it's something coming from your lumbar spine because of something pathological or something changing the way your spine moves if there's a structural issue like that. But if your back pain is coming because you have an aortic aneurysm, then that's a totally different story, right? Or if somebody who has, you know, God forbid, somebody has cancer, then that's a totally different story. It's not something within the realm of physical or orthopedic manual physical therapy. Gotcha, so there's there's like a sciatica herniated disc yeah, deformed so syndrome yeah. slip disc uh, SI joint inflammation are those yeah. uh, like in the realm of low yeah. back pain no just I different terminologies they are, they're just much more easier for people to understand sure. when you're saying oh I have piriformis syndrome because my body is really hurting my piriformis is so tight um, and then it's causing my sciatic nerve to get impatient why I have all these symptoms going down my leg. So, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. a description of how a patient's feel. It's validating what a patient is feeling. Okay. But what we physical therapists figure out is why is your piriformis tight to begin with? What is going on in your spine that made your piriformis tight to begin with? I mean, doing a lacrosse ball the tennis ball helps release it right but if you can't figure out why your performance is tight then it's going to keep on recurring right you know women and men we suffer different issues we are very different anatomically you've had kids it gets even you know the differences even you can yep. do so many changes that goes on in there so it gets ignored a lot because it's a segment that doesn't move very much um its function is not very well explained nor understood by people. What is it really? What What is the function of that SI joint? But if you think about it, there's a reason why it's so stable. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to remain closed, right? Okay. And so when you're running, that's where your energy weight shift, when you're shifting your energy or weight from one side to another, it has to pass through that, right? And so... It's, a, it's really crucial for mobility. And so when there's just an item of less dysfunction in there, that could be a source of pain as well. Mm -hmm. So that's where, and then of course, if you've had, if you're pregnant for us women and you've had baby and you've had all these pregnancy hormones, they're relaxing. So you tend to be a little bit more lax in there. So it's easy for you to have some kind of dysfunction in there. Gotcha, gotcha. So like, for example, there are other symptoms, like, for example, shoot, shooting pain down back on one leg or numbness, and or when you're yeah, flexing or bending down the leg. So yeah, that is something that's not very well explained by sure. our um, sometimes, you know, very poorly understood by common. So people think, oh, I have the shooting pain, you know, I have a nerve root compression. Yeah. So, you know, my L, my L5S1 says I already have severe narrowing in there. My nerve root is compressed. That's why I have shooting pain. What people don't understand is that when a nerve root is compressed, sure. okay, there's only two functions that's affected. Either you get numb or you get some kind of weakness, mm -hmm. right? But it only causes pain if there is inflammation. Got it. 
And shooting pain, like usually when you say radiculopathy, radicular pain, the pain is usually very much in a very narrow path. It's like in a very narrow area of your back of your leg. It's not where the patient, it's my whole leg. That's a totally different story. And then it's usually when there's inflammation. So when there's inflammation and it, it, um, it kind of causes inflammation and in the dural sheath are covering the nerve roots. And so that's when it causes the radicular pain symptoms, kind of like that. It's like running, burning, shooting pain going down the leg. So sure. that's why a doctor would say, okay, then get your anti-inflammatories. You get your steroids or you get an epidural shots. That's where those work because they're addressing the, um, they're addressing what you call it, that inflammation. But there's also another kind of pain where there's the heaviness, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a patient would tell you, oh, I remember I was lifting a lot of things the day before and I was fine. I felt a little stiffness, but then I woke up the next day and I couldn't move. My leg was so heavy, right? That's a typical story that you would Yeah, tell. yeah, yeah. So that could be something that's more a potential disc issue where you can have a slight disherniation. And sometimes what happens is that materials from this from this disc can really um, go migrate and cause that inflammation. Okay, so there's specific exercises to do that and then how to help decrease that what we call an acute posterior lateral disherniation. So there are so many causes of back right. pain, like um, it's- How about that- overuse? Like over, yeah. you know, like what we do. <laughs> What do you mean by overuse? So you mean if you think to, I never like that term because okay. it tells people you're overusing something and then what? You're gonna stop doing what you love to do. You're just gonna oh, so you're not you're gonna stop triathlon because you're overusing your back, right? Or you know we are made to move. We're not made to sit down. Sure. Right. And so overuse to me basically overuse means you're you're inefficient in how you use uh, your body. That's I basically that's, what it means. Like, like you're that, using then. one set, but you're not distributing the work that's to the true. other part of your body. So usually I tell my patients, you know what? This part is overwork. This yeah. one is always on vacation. So it's time to take give this one a rest and let the one who's been always on time off to turn it on, right? Okay, and okay. so that's where we kind of figure out how to do that neurologically. So, you okay. know, that's what overuse is. <laughs> to me, that's okay, how I get it. Um, well, one of the things that I wanted to share is that, uh, in one of the races, what, which I did the most Ironman at that time, back then, 2016, I did a eight Ironman in eight consecutive days. And at the time I had a pinched nerve mm-hmm. and what happened was that it was just suddenly I started not feeling anything on my legs, like numbness and weakness. And then that's where I was, I can't do anymore. And I had to pull back. So that's one of the experience that I had with that in relation to that one. Um, now, uh, I want to welcome David Tess. Welcome, welcome again. If you're listening to this, hashtag live, if it's live, and if it's replay, hashtag replay. Um, so now, there are a lot of different symptoms, right? Like, uh, and also the common causes. Um, when, when, so it's not necessarily like low back pain, it has to be in the low back pain. It could be on the legs too, right? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. like what we talked about. So when, when we feel something, what I'm getting at earlier is like when you feel something in relation to the symptoms that we just talked about, then my, I, I would think that go to a medical professional to actually check out what are the root causes. 
Mm -hmm. Is that right? And then the next thing is that you did mention about the lacrosse ball, the foam rolling. Those are good for a short term, but it would be better to actually check whether there's, how can it be better, like long-term wise? Yes, long-term wise. Yeah, which is, I totally understand about that too. A lot, of, um, a lot of misconception that I also hear are common is, you know, uh, my back is weak, you know, sure. my core is weak. I need to do core stabilization. Yeah, yeah. Right? I heard a lot about I that. Do I need to do more planks. <laughs> and I'm like, um, sometimes that's not the case. Stabilization is, will work if we can find that the cause of your back pain is functional instability. Then the core stabilization program will work like a yoga, you do Pilates, you do planking, you do your weightlifting, you know, things like that, that, that could, that could work. But what people don't seem to understand is, um, you know, and I learned this very well from my orthopedic manual classes from Andrews and Earl Petman is that um, there's this book called, called the spinal engine. So basically engine. engine, yes. And this was done by a researcher in Canada, Dr. Grakovetsky, and he describes how it's like the watchmaker spring. Your okay. spine is like, you know how you wind and, and it winds, it winds and it releases an energy. Sure. Sure. And he describes it because like, have you ever seen any body who has no arm and legs, right? but they could still move. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a swimmer in the Paralympics with no legs and they can swim faster than yes, you? Because they can rotate. They can rotate, <laughs> right? Because they can rotate your spine. That's how much power your spine has, mm-hmm. right? That's how much energy and torsion your spine can generate. So it's not weak. But the question is, where does this energy that you generate when you are running when you're walking, where does this generate energy that you generate dissipate to? Okay. It has to be dissipated to your hips, to your knees, to your ankles, to the ligaments. But if you have biomechanical restriction Mm -hmm. in your hips, in your knee, in your ankle, because there's just a lot of things going on there, weakness here, prior trauma, or whatever things are going on in there, then that energy remains in your spine. And mm-hmm. so where is it stored? I mean, this finally in the center, <laughs> it in doesn't dissipate. Yeah. And in your vertebral body. Yeah. So it's not a matter of if, well, but when uh-huh. your, your spine will start to show some degenerative disc disease. And yes. so you have these people that are questioning, but I exercise a lot. I do yoga. I do, you know, all this and all that. Why do I have degenerative disc disease? I mean, so in actual, you know, in physical therapy, we actually are trying to get away from the, the term degenerative disc disease because everybody has it, but not everybody has pain, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, things will de- degenerate. As you get older, you lose your collagen, but how efficient is your musculoskeletal system, okay? So if when I say that a spinal engine, right, and then you, you there's just so much energy that your spine generates with your constant movement, where does this energy go to? If your hips are not up to it, your knees and your ankles and your ligaments are not up to it, that energy remains stored in your spine. In spinal yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, that's not used. This spine is gonna reach its maximum capacity put to end then your its maximum tissue storage energy potential. And then eventually it will just take around because it has reached its limit. It can only take so much force 
Yeah, the right? potential energy. Yeah, <laughs> it just stays there. The engineering people. Yeah, I know. That's what I, yes. I understood. It. What is the maximum potential energy storage of any tissue? Right? There's yeah. there's a limit. There's yeah. only so much one can take until it's so. You have to be able to use it. Yeah, so you have to be able to dissipate that, gotcha. and you can't dissipate it if your hips lack the range. If mm -hmm. you know you're not extending your knee, so, so that's where we come in because then we can say, how does your hip contribute to back pain? Gotcha. Or so that's where it kind of gets. You know, is it your hip that's causing your back, or your back causing your hip? Right, right. Yes. So I think uh, one of the sessions that we have is that you also mentioned the connection of the glute to the back, to the lower back. Do you mind explaining that more? Like so, if it's the low yes. uh, left glute is not turned on, you know, I think yeah. uh, it would be great if you can, I think use that skeleton there. <laughs> so we like to call it like um, the spine has the psoas to the muscle. So what happens when you have a disc issue and you've, let's say several years ago, you've had a disc herniation and that's fine now, you no longer have the symptoms down your legs, but you didn't treat it fully. You thought that since the symptoms are gone, you didn't work on working on the stability of your spine. And so it becomes a little bit unstable. So the ligaments are forced to do their work to kind of do their stabilization work. But then eventually the ligaments are saying, I can't no longer do that much, you know, when they all become overstretched gotcha. to what's stabilizing your spine. So then it makes the muscles, especially your psoas around your spine, really pick that up because you know they're all connected. And so it makes it what we call a facilitated. So the problem is when it's facilitated, which means it's always panicking because it's mm -hmm. try, it, it's detecting that, oh, it, there's some instability going on. So it's in this facilitated state. And so when it's standing, what happens is that it's opposite antagonist what we call functional antagonist when you're standing is the opposite glutes or when you're lying down the same side it's your glutes in the same side and so it cannot fire right mm -hmm. because you cannot have both two muscles going on at the same time one has to be inhibited and the other one has to be contracting right so both of them cannot be constantly and we're talking about neuromuscular we're not talking about just turning it on right? We're talking about when you're moving, when you're actually doing a functional motion, okay? It's not just when you're bridging, that's a, that's a totally different story. So when you have your glutes that are inhibited, especially your, your piriformis in the femoral glute max, and they become inhibited, then you can control the, the rotation of your knee too much, right? And so mm -hmm. then the land, when you land, you're going to go into this inward rotation on your knee and that's when patient says you know the inside of my knee is hurting i got a meniscus tear yes. or you're landing on your heel too soon especially mm -hmm. the inside because you can't control because your glutes can't fire and then there are people gonna say i'm you know my heel i think i have plantar fasciitis or yeah. i think i have a metatarsal gel i think i have a morton's neuroma or i have a bunion you know things like that so they're all related Gotcha. And so it's that, you know, that's where a lot of people are going into the glute strengthening. Oh, do your bridging, do your glute strengthening. But how can you turn that on if you don't even address your back? Yeah. Are you even addressing the instability that's going on in your lumbar spine, in your low back? So if you want that glute to work well, you want, you're talking about when I say work well, I'm talking about 
does it turn on when you need it? Not turn on when you bridge, when not turn on when you contract it, right? It's not about squeezing your butt. Does it work when you need it at the right time, at the right moment? You don't want it to work at not when you don't need it, right? So it's all about motor timing, motor endurance, and coordination as well. So, you know, it's still all about neuromuscular function and how it fires in, you know, so, so all a little bit about neuroscience in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things is basically, you know, what she had taught me during my visit is that like, I need to learn how to sense, correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding uh, Janice. So uh, I need to know when I, I send signal or I activate my left glute so I can turn off my right lower back. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. There you go. But it, it's not just like, you know, you're doing the glute bridge, but more of like when I'm running, I need to be able to do something to get connected <laughs> to this, to these muscles that would actually help uh, for me not to feel any discomfort on my lower back. And it even, you know, one of the interesting things that she had brought up to me is actually, okay, well, when do you excel? Do you excel when you step on your right or left? And when I started thinking about that, well, yeah, I excel when I step on the right. But then at the same time, when I excel on the right, there is this connection of my pelvic floor where it engage when I exhale. And anyway, so those are the things that uh, uh, Janice had taught to me in terms of like, it's not just necessarily, it's about all strength. Uh, you know, like you have to strengthen your glutes, your core, but it's also about neuromuscular uh, education, you know, like the timing wherein you fire those muscles, the connection of it when you actually do activities. Is that correct, Janice? I hope I learned so much from you. Yeah, I, and I hope, uh, I think we covered a lot in that one session. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, yeah. remember, we hanged you up and uh, we, we found out that you did have this instability going on in your, I think it was four, L45S1. And that you could still brace it actually. And so we I had to teach you how to use your transversus abdominis and your lower pelvic floor. But in order yes. to really learn how that feels, um, that's why I had you in the new rack because when you're suspended face down, it's easier for me to isolate um, your, because you're suspended, not, there's no gravity working in there. So what I right, did right. was I brought your spine into a, into a slightly flexed position and had you turn your pelvic floor and I would tell you to turn it on because and then so that and then the goal was for you to hold it for about a minute or two so at least you could feel what that felt like oh and yeah when we tested that if you could turn that on your glutes were actually could fire right, better, right and you could stabilize your hip better um more when you had it turn on versus when you do when you have it turn off it was quite weak so you can see, you know, it's not, it's not a weakness that's caused by uh, like just lack of strength or not exercising. It was just, there was just not enough neuromuscular re-education right there. So like, I just need to know how to talk to my muscles. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back. I know a lot of our athletes actually wanted to find out. Well, so if we have low back pain, um, there are a lot of things that we have been doing. Rest, rest. Mm -hmm muscle relaxer, there's Advil, but then sometimes Advil doesn't work. So a lot of athletes like, what else can I take? Or should I go uh, use the TANS, right? The TANS or go Cairo visit. What else do, can I do? Or should I take MRI? Okay. Yeah. Or 
so what what would you suggest if like for example someone is having low back pain and i'm sure there's different my, levels my, <laughs> my number one um so you know pain is very multifactorial okay sure. as an ompt so my concern is really more biomechanical and so when I say biomechanical means what's going on neurologically, musculoskeletal wise, what's going on in there. So medication wise, um, I'm not a big fan of it because it mass. I mean, it, if it takes away and allows you to sleep better, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. But the first thing, do not wait to do not wait. If you know the good, what people don't seem to understand is that we have your physical therapist. We now have direct access. You can see us straight without a doctor's referral. If you have back pain, go straight. You don't need a doctor's referral, okay? And if you have that address right away, and at least you know that, okay, the PT can, the OMPT can tell you, okay, this is a musculoskeletal issue. This is something we can work with, fine. But when the PT says, this is something you might need a steroid because this is an, a herniation, you need to go to your physician, at least get a steroid pack or metro pack or, um, you know, whatever they could give you that's anti-inflammatory. So it's, and then an MRI, is an MRI really necessary? Not yes. always because okay. pain does not always reflect what's the pain, where the pain is coming from is not what's showing on the MRI. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. gotcha. But that doesn't mean that you don't need it or not. You know, you don't ever do it. Okay. Sometimes like it is really, truly necessary just to see what's going on. Imaging is necessary. But at the same time, the earlier the intervention is, the better the outcome is. Okay. If you keep on ignoring it and ignoring it, oh, you know what? It went away. It went away. And then suddenly you're in your 10 years after you're like, oh my God, this is so much. Why didn't, you know, why didn't we do it? Yeah. So in hindsight, of course, we want to be proactive, um, but there's also a lot of other things you can do. So, you know, when you, there's, you know, like I said, that's the role of a PT and then the tense unit. So it's all, you know, the tense unit works if it's used correctly. <laughs> yeah, right. The problem with this uh, mass production of tense is that the settings are always wrong. <laughs> When people use it and put it on, they don't know how to tweak what it's supposed to be on. And two, what tissue are you targeting? Is it the bone, the cartilage, is it the ligament, the muscle, or a nerve root? There's specific settings in those. And how do you know that that's what you need to target? That's where we come in, your medical team come in, or the PT, or the physician, right? So that's where it come in. Now, um, spinal manipulation. Um, like you said, right? Cracking of the joint. Yeah, yeah. So there are some athletes, you know, like they just feel some crack, right? They do yeah. it on their own. <coughs> That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it works if that motion is. Okay, if you're manipulating a segment that's not moving well, so that the segment that's so that it takes away the hypermobility, because usually what happens in a uh, spine is there's one segment that's moving too much and one segment that's not moving at all. So why yeah. would you manipulate the segment that's moving too much? Yeah. Right? You manipulate the segment that's not moving so that when that moves, the one that's moving too much doesn't have to move and then so it doesn't irritate that well, okay? So usually the hypermobile side is always the one that's painful Mm. and the hypermobile is the quiet culprit that gotcha. does 
don't have any symptoms, but it's actually the cause as to why that segment is hypermobile. So you want to manipulate the hypermobile segment. Did you guys hear that? Oh my goodness. Are you guys taking notes? So hypermobile, hypermobile. So a lesson is that just be very careful whatever you're doing with cracking your back. But yeah, so there are some athletes who are actually, you know, they hear some crack when they move something. So they were asking about that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Sometimes the sound just feels good. I think it has a placebo effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it so, cracked. It popped. Oh, I can move. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But no, it has it, it, there, there has to be some specificity to what you do. You sure. can't oh, yeah, of course. it feels good. Yes. And so that's where a PT and a chiropractor comes in. Yes. There has to be some specificity to what you do. You can't just manipulate yeah. have somebody manipulate one segment without knowing is that really, you know, you have a segment that is already unstable. Do you really want that to be manipulated? Right. I right. Yeah. What are you, are you going to manipulate? Why would you want to crack a segment that already has a disc that has a fish or there's a fissure, the ligaments already unstable, it's already lax. So why would you have that manipulated, right? Mm -hmm. So you always, it's always this silent culprits that needs to be uh, manipulated. That, those are very good, uh, Janice. So how about like uh, bouncing activities like running? Or like, for example, there's a bump, let's just say cycling, there's a bump, you know, there's this vibration. vibration. There are some athletes that receive like shock or just shooting pain. When they feel it at that time, I guess, what would you recommend or advise what they do at the time? Do they rush to the doctor, call a physical therapist, or like, do they stop the workout? My, my advice would be, okay, if the pain is something where you can figure out what motion is bringing okay. on the pain. Like you can reproduce the pain. You know, when I go to the side, that's where it hurts. But when so I you go, don't go there. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, usually patients will tell you when I go mm. to the side, that's when it hurts. But when I go this, it doesn't hurt. Oh, it only hurts after I run 10 miles. It only mm. hurts after yes. I do trail or it only don't go there. <laughs> right. I'm wearing this shoe. Or heels. Right? Yeah. So you, they can like, it's reproducible, but at the same time, the pain is not constant. It only occurs when they move and to a certain range and do a certain physical activity. Then that's a really good indication that it's really something musculoskeletal. It's mechanical low back pain. This is something mm -hmm. that a physical therapist can work with you. Got it. But if the pain only comes on early, like late at night and sure. it's constant and you've had some recent weight loss, and you haven't had any of your annual physical and no matter what, whatever you do, the pain is constant. Like you cannot figure out what events, that's something of concern because if as a PT, if you have back pain and nothing just fits the pattern, not everything I do, I cannot find anything that's positive. Everything is a negative, but okay. everything, it's just nothing fits the pattern. I would be serious like Ooh. really concerned and so you'd better go to the to your um physician right okay. yeah because this um usually we can tell um that if it's this could be something that be telling of something like aneurysm or it mm -hmm. could be a referral of something that's a cancer that's already brewing in there yeah and you know so those are the things that you are it could be or the, the pain is so severe that 
you know, it's, it might be something that's like a stress fracture already. So yeah. those are, that's where also, if it's something, and if you're not really sure, go see a, go see a PT and, you know, and if they're trained in that, they can actually tell you, this is not something that I can address as a physical therapist. You need to go back now, like to your doctor. Gotcha. And, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, but yeah, you, you did mention like right now, people can actually access the PT like immediately instead of going through the physician. And we have a, we're a direct access state. Most of the other states also have direct access. It's just with certain limitations by how many visits, but you can see a physical therapist directly without needing a, without needing a physician referral. Sure. Your insurance says, um, you know, but you know, sometimes it's, it, it's not worth it sometimes because it depends on your copay and all that stuff, but that's a whole other conversation yeah, okay. <laughs> about insurance and stuff. And that's so, so uh, when, when an athlete hurts, so let's say he does, he or she doesn't like go to that direction or like go over 10 miles, let's say, but heat compress, is that something that you would advise and how long, or is that, is that something that would help? Heat relaxing. Yes. Okay. Um, relaxing. But what itself? But- you don't want to put heat if you have an acute injury, right? If it's yeah, of course. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. yeah. So heat works, but it's not permanent. It's not a permanent. Yeah. It's you don't know the root cause either. Yes. You have to go to where is the weakest link in your body that's giving you that mechanical low back pain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean, let's just say, I guess, different levels of pain? Um, is running not okay then? If there's pain, then I guess not, right? No, it depends. No, it yeah. depends too. So it depends yeah. on how, how bad the pain is. On where the culp- so the bottom line is when I assess a patient with low back pain and you're a triathlete, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of figure out where is the weakest link? Who, gotcha. Where is the weakest link and where is, what is driving your pain mm-hmm. symptoms? Okay. And we address that. So whether it's an acute posterior lateral disherniation, whether it's a functional instability, or is it something like a hip, uh, hip, just a decreased hip motion that's causing you so much stress. So that's where we kind of figure out. And from there, then we can, how do we modify your running or how can we have you return to running as soon as possible? Because gotcha. Movement is uh, by itself is really just a form of therapy. We call it mechanotherapy. So if we go by, um, if we go by the cellular, the bio, but the biology of it, you know, we call it mechanotherapy. When you move, you are actually providing a mechanical stimulus to the individual cells of your body, and you're causing that individual cell to respond in a specific manner, which includes even change the genetic expression of a cell. So that's how powerful moving can be, right? But that's how much research is about when it comes to mechanotherapy is when you move, you can actually change how a cell responds by either causing it to replicate, by causing it to change its shape, or to deform or how it responds. So you're moving. The only problem with that kind of um, uh, biology process is to figure out how much resistance you should give, how much stimulus can you give to a specific tissue. And that's where the research has not progressed very much yet. 
So yeah, should you move if you have low back pain? Yes, you'd better move. Uh, other things that, you know, aqua jog would help also while they recover yeah. until yeah. it's much better. Uh, yes, then a decompressed state. So the okay. bottom line is low back pain, figure out where is the culprit. Okay. Then you can figure out how, which specific movements are better for you. It's not about, you know, you're going to rest. No, you're not going to rest. It's an active rest. You have to move. It's just, you just need to figure out what are the right movements for you. Wow. What muscles are you going to use? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny, even though like even swimming, who that's low impact. Like, yeah. well, we have actually, Sandra was asking a question. Uh, I'm having back pain after I get out from the pool from not stretching enough. Because So that's a possibility too, right? So if you have back, maybe. pain from after swimming, mm-hmm. then that's where a swim analysis comes in. Okay. Because mm-hmm. swimming is, there's a hip drive, there's a lot of rotation, there's a neck rotation, there's an arm. So where are you rotating from? Swim analysis. <laughs> so... Where are you rotating from? So that's where, you know, when I assess somebody who's swimming is that, where is your restriction? Are you not able to rotate to the right or you're not able to rotate to the left? When Mm -hmm. you do your freestyle kicks, are you, you know, when you are not extending a lot on your hip and when you're not able to reach the full extension on your hip, guess where you're gonna extend from? So that's gonna feel sore. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, that's where you figure out, okay, why does it hurt after I swim? Something is not, uh, there's a weak link in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my experience is actually a lot of athletes are overextending their back. Yes. Like that. And then when they kick that, that's when you were saying earlier that the firing is on the back rather than on the glutes when yeah. they're kicking. So yeah. when you do like, and then, and then it hurts. It happened to me before. So I know so well. Uh, okay. Uh, let me just, uh, I know we're running out of time, but let's see this one. I'm having pain after driving or sitting down on my left side way, especially after run, run bike. I had sciatica on the same side. So huh. sciatica means it's almost synonymous. So the doctors give that it's a generic term just to kind of explain what I'm going. So sure. he's having pain after sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's putting sitting, a lot of sitting or driving. Yeah, so driving. Yeah, I'm sure so, you don't have to be an athlete to be sitting or driving. <laughs> so here you yeah. go. So that means you might have a piriformis or a glute a glute max that's more um, in a I call it weak muscles panic, right? So mm. they're trying to panic because they're weak because nothing because they're inhibited from firing because of something that's going on to your low back. So they're always panicking all the time because they always want to move. So that's where sometimes it feels like. Like you want to release it. Okay. And sitting is also a lot of pressure on your sitting has already been known to cause the stress load on your desk is a lot more than when you're standing actually. So that's what they call it sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, actually, uh, Vineta uh, works the entire layers, uh, in, entire day standing up. No seating. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. <laughs> uh, uh, another uh, athlete mentioned, how about supplementation? Supplements. Is that something? Supplement. Oh, yeah. what okay. Bone health, <laughs> tissue health. Yes, 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 yes. So this, um, what I would suggest is you get a um, supplementation is everyone is, you know, our electrolyte, our body makeup is all different. We all have different things going on in our life. I would suggest sometimes if you have the means and you have access to is get a functional medicine consult is mm. where and 
they can really look at what's going on in your entirely and what supplements works for you. There you go. I'm no expert in that, and but I do have my own functional medicine practitioner that I use as well. Even I myself uh, see one because I need help with what's going on and what are the right supplements for me. So there's a lot of studies out there, but figuring out what works best with you, go see a functional medicine practitioner. That's very good advice. Uh, okay, well, we're running out of time, Janice. Thank you so much. But before we end, how about give us top three things that you would advise our athletes, our badass athletes who just like love working out, but suddenly there's oh. back pain. What are the top three things suddenly that, know, that they would do to prevent or to solve? Just so One they can sleep really. My best, my best advice, sleep. <laughs> ah, sleep. You need a really good eight hours of sleep. And I used to think six hours was enough. Number one, okay, to get the full benefit of sleep, you need to reach stage four, right? Your REM. How long does it take, take you to get to REM? Six hours. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get to REM, you should have slept already six hours, right? How many REM hours of sleep do you need? At least two. You're going to have eight hours of solid sleep. Gotcha. You don't sleep, your heart don't get a rest. So don't be surprised if even though you are an athlete and you exercise so much, if you wake up one day and your doctor will tell you you have congestive heart failure, but you've never smoked nor drank a single day in your life, okay? So that is one of the biggest culprits right now in our society is sleep. Yeah. And uh, two is movement is always your friend, okay? Um, do not be scared to move. The more you move, the, the better the nutrition. You know, a lot of people sometimes say, don't run because it's so much impact on your knees. And I said, sure. that is the most craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, so our research have already said that if there's already a research right this that even 30 minutes of cycling can actually regenerate cartilage tissue. Two, movement is what brings nutrition to your joint, but at a certain range. Okay, you have to be able to hit a certain range in your joints because that's when it truly, that's when the bones absorb and the cartilage absorb those nutrition that's brought on by those fluids in your knees. So that's where it's stretching is important, okay. right? That's why in okay. the morning for people of arthritis, they feel that stiffness, but when they start moving Fresh. it away because uh -huh. your joints absorb those fluids away, gotcha. right? And so you feel better moving always does. So, and then if you really want to get rid of low back pain, then have your PT figure it out. Yeah, sure, Where yeah. is the pain coming from? And sure. what is the driver of that pain? Simple as that. Nothing complicated. <laughs> okay. Well, that, those are, those three things are very important. <laughs> Sleep, movement, and then see the PT, especially for professional help, just to be more specific. Cause sometimes we do our best to solve it on our own. But if we want a more of a long-term solution, yes. which I actually have, you know, I still do because sometimes I can't, I don't know everything, but I go to the professional help, someone who's really experienced. Um, if there are, there are so many questions that you've already helped us, Janice, but I'm sure there are a lot of athletes who would want to reach out to you and maybe not even an athlete, who, anyone who's actually experiencing low back pain right now. Um, how could they reach you? I'm on Facebook. I think I'm okay. tagging this one. Yes. Okay. And then I think I, we just have our website. Uh, my husband and I are both PTs. So our website is movementmedicinept.net. Okay. 
I would say direct message me on Facebook. It's a lot more fast. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, everyone, I'm, I'm, I'll make sure I get the information of Janice once we post the replay of this one or we update the with the uh, updated caption. We'll make sure that we add Janice contact. Uh, you know, we will have the replay in YouTube and also our Feisty Facts uh, Fire podcast. We'll have all those information. So if you have any other questions, oh, and I hope you have been taking notes again. Thank you so much, Janice. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sure a lot of athletes have opened up their eyes of all the things that you have actually taught us in this amount of time. Very valuable. Thank you so much, Janice. Until next time. Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone.